Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, my name is Chris Williams, and you are now listening to the Grow Your Side Business Podcast. I help ambitious employees grow a profitable side business. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go check out growyoursidebusiness.com where we've got all the content, the tips, the strategies, and more. You're in the right place at the right time, and we're here to help you grow a serious, profitable side business. Let's listen to today's episode of People. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to some and present to others a good man of faith in the business world, in the community, and here to talk to us inside business builders, Mr. Billy Sticker. Billy, how you doing, sir? Hey, Chris, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, this is exciting. I love what you're doing. It All these people that have jobs, how many of them want to have, want to not be at that job? Yeah. So many. And it's, especially when you have a good job, I was there. I had the golden handcuffs and I had a mortgage and kids and a six figure income, but still wanted to start my own business. And it started as a side hustle. And so I, I love just this whole messaging, you know, how you can take an idea and turn it into a business, turn, mm-hmm. turn it into a side hustle and then scale it to where it can replace and multiply your income. Uh, yeah. So it's a great message is definitely needed out there. And uh, you're a terrific one to be delivering this message. Oh, well, I appreciate that, sir. Well, you know, it's people like you that um, that time and time again reinforce the reason for this show. So let's I, I want to start with before the agency, before before the, the, the books, before the the, the 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 what you have today. I want to go back to. Billy working a day job, living his life. Um, talk to me about who is Billy Sticker before the idea of even starting a business showed up. What was life like? What type of business? Uh, what corporation were you working in? What things were you doing? And talk to people about a little bit about the spark that gave you the idea to even go, huh, maybe I could start something on my own. That's a great question. I'm going to back up. We won't go too deep into it, but just to give you a little bit of even kind of the the earlier Billy, because that really helps lay the foundation for everything else. Um, When I was seven, I was involved in a parental kidnapping. My mom took me and my younger brother and sister. We had different dads, same mom, and we just left. We were in Southeast Texas. Well, we ended up in Southwest Louisiana for a while, and then she showed up at school in April 1983. I was in first grade. And, um, and she's just like, Hey, you're, um, we need to leave. And and we ended up in North Carolina. We were literally living in a hotel. She got a job at a bar and I was seven. My sister had just turned three. My brother was two, but he was still in diapers and I would stay there at seven in the hotel and 
change diapers, make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, do all this while she worked at this bar during the day. Now she did have the day shift, you know, cause she's not a totally crazy person, but uh, the, the rest of our family finally found us. It was like three and a half months, almost four months before they did. Um, and then it was a big deal setting up a court date and I had to spend some time in foster care. It, it wasn't years, but whenever you're seven, it's still traumatic being bounced around. I was in four different foster care, uh, foster homes for a while. And then finally came back to Texas, lived with my grandparents for a while and started getting some stability. And I really think it was my grandparents. Uh, he worked at a, my grandfather worked at a refinery and then they had a store inside of one of the malls. It was a picture frame store and it was a franchise they had bought. And that was their side business. He would come home in the afternoons, get off work at four and then go, you know, to work at their store. But it was my grandparents that really told me you can do anything like whatever you want to do, you can do anything. And I do not have a college background. Uh, my wife and I started dating in high school. Uh, we both have spent time in ministry. We've been married almost 20, well, in a couple of months, it'll be 27 years. Um, but she went to school for nursing. I just started working and uh, was working in the oil field for a little bit. And then I got into sales uh, and I worked for a precious metals company. We did um, rare coins, gold, silver, platinum. Um, it's amazing what some people spend on, on precious metals. I mean, I've sold one coin for over $200,000 before, just uh, actually a couple of them. They're just really rare stuff. Uh, and it was very interesting and I got paid good money. I just wasn't, I wasn't happy. And straight commission, commission most of my adult life. Um, it was just looking for something different, you know, Sunday night, just feeling sick in your stomach because you're dreading going to work on Monday. Uh, and I just, I knew there was more, I knew God had put something in me to do more and serve more on a bigger level. I knew I could do it, but when you have a mortgage and kids and it's, it's tough to really take that leap of faith and step out. Yeah, hundred percent. So, man, you have a fascinating story. So, you, you you get to North Carolina, and you end up back in Texas, and you mentioned this word stability. How did stability play a part in? Marriage, how did stability play a part in just even raising your kids, knowing the experience that you went through, but also having that gnawing feeling of saying, there's got to be something more to me just going to work and coming home every day. Yeah. How did you have, how did you balance that gray space? Because I would imagine that's a difficult conversation to have with your wife, as well as also knowing that, well, there's a potential inherent risk that I might lose it all if I start my first business. So how did you navigate those kind of feelings? And what were those conversations like between you and your wife about starting a business? We, we had done a couple of different multi-level marketing businesses, you know, like a lot of people, some we had a little success with one. We were actually having, well, two, we were having fairly decent success. You know, I earned the BMW and, you know, selling these shakes and stuff. And, uh, and we were doing pretty well, but at the time I was a sales manager at our company 
and the owners of the company came in they're like look it just doesn't look good you being the manager you know basically telling our salespeople, hey look this job is enough yeah except for me i'm going to do this other side gig and they basically threatened to demote me if i didn't quit so so that was one thing but my wife always knew i was you know i, I just had this desire to do something on my own but like most women she has a strong need for security. And um, so I worked for this precious metals company, actually a couple of different ones uh, for about 17 years. But about eight years into that, I left, went to work for a chiropractor for a few years and fell in love with chiropractic. I thought it was neck pain and back pain, but it's just this wellness lifestyle that God created our bodies to heal. He doesn't need interference. Like he just wants... You know, it, putting our bodies in an optimal state of of wellness and, you know, look at all these professional athletes. There's a reason they all get adjusted by chiropractic chiropractors. And so I really liked that profession. I wasn't getting paid as much as I was in the coin business. So I ended up, after a couple of years, went back into the coin business. Um, and then one day I was like, you know what? I, I just, I want to start something on my own. And I, I don't want to be super spiritual. This is just who I am. It's who, it's what my story is. So I'm just going to share this. Uh, I was praying about it and this was 2014, the end of 2014. And I was like, God, I want to start a podcast, but I'd written a book on leadership. We'd been in youth ministry for a long time. I really knew the coin business really well. I'd worked for a chiropractor. I feel like I had some different options on what to do. Uh, and so I was just wanting direction. And it's like, I felt the Holy Spirit say, what have you enjoyed the most? Like out of all these things, what would you, what do you think you would enjoy doing? And just the chiropractic really stood out to me. Uh, I, like I said, that message lines up with who I am as a believer that God wants us to be he, in good health. And so I started a marketing podcast for chiropractors and I would just wanted to give value. I wanted to build an audience have affiliate offers that I can help promote to my audience. Uh, I'd written a couple of books, so I was showing chiropractors how to write books. And then we started writing some books for chiropractors and some money started coming in. Um, I knew once money started coming in, I got this, like I can go like dive in head first and I can make this work, but got a mortgage, right? We've got these kids that are still in school and living at home. And, uh, and so I really knew that my wife, her name's Rusty. I knew God was going to have to speak to her. And so I was just going to continue this as a side business until she felt comfortable. And Chris, I, I could take you to the exact place we were when we, we were driving through our neighborhood and she just, kind of out of the blue said, you know what, if you can do this well, part-time, imagine what you could do full-time. I think it's time you quit your job. Wow. And I'm getting chills thinking about it. Cause I, <laughs> I looked at her Wow. and it was like, Willis, you know, <laughs> I won't go in tomorrow. Like, you, you right, know, right. Again, benefits and retirement and all this stuff. Yeah. I was like, I will like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. I think it's time. Hey, you're enjoying this episode, right? Well, there's something I wanted to share with you. Have you ever heard of the triangle of value? 
Well, it's something that I actually teach in my side hustle secrets course. See, you actually have a profession, you have practices, and you live by a set of principles. That is your triangle of value. Well, within that triangle of value, you are so valuable in the marketplace that what you know in your head, somebody else is willing to pay you in order to be able to get that information so that they can do the same thing that you're doing. But you didn't know that until now. Well, I've created something just for you. I got a course called the Side Hustle Secrets course. If you go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, you can go ahead and get into my course. I teach you how to use that triangle of value and actually be able to create you a great online profitable business. But here's the cool part. Along with that, I show you my core four strategies and how to be able to take that triangle of value and turn it into four different streams that you can be able to leverage to be able to build you a great side business and reduce the financial stress. Because listen, I know you're enjoying your job. I know you've done all the work that you needed to, to get where you are today. But I also know this between layoffs, firings and downsizings, it's bound to happen. It happened to me twice. I don't want it to happen to you. Or at least if it does, you have something to fall back on and you don't have to hurt you and your family. I know you got a lot of information in your head and I know you could scale it. And I know there's somebody else out there who is happy willing to pay you to get that information. Well, let me show you how to do it. Go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, get the course, and let's work together to build out and build you what you need for you to have a great side business. Hey, so I've never shared this story, but I almost died from an asthma attack in my sleep. Yeah, that was a pretty scary day. And when that day happened, we have one or two choices. Either we continue down the same path that got us those results, or we do something different. Well, thankfully, my wife and I chose to do something different. We made some simple changes in our lives, and I didn't realize that the same things that I was buying from a local grocery store were also contributing to me almost dying from an asthma attack in my sleep. I don't want you or anybody you know to go down the same path. Listen, we're embarking on a journey. We've been a part of a project to ensure that we help 10,000 families be able to get safer, more affordable products without all the toxic chemicals. Buying it all online shipped directly to you so you don't have to go to it. Listen, if you want to know more, click the link below 10,000 families. And I can't wait to show you what we've been working on to help more people in the United States make safer, affordable choices. So talk to and me about how how much were you making a month, like, like at the very beginning when the money finally started coming in? What were you generating a month? What did that look like over the year? And was it the money that gave you the confidence or the faith and, and, and kind of I, what I like to call is God sometimes will recoil our faith with conviction. So he'll give us a sign to say, hey, you stepped out here, I'm gonna show you that this is the right thing that you're doing. What was it that gave you the confidence to say, I'm gonna keep going even though um, my wife hasn't given me that, the confirmation in the car that was coming, what was it that kind of was like, I, this is it, I, like, I feel good, so let me keep going? I think there's a lot of people that their spouse, and it's not necessarily the men that are trying to convince the the wives. Sometimes it's the wives trying to convince the husbands, you know, I was uh, that guy. That you, <laughs> yeah. That you really believe. Yeah. I know your wife. She's like, she's a go getter, but what's going to convince them more than anything is results. And so, uh, at first money just kind of started coming in here and there. And it was like, um, I had a couple of projects, you know, I had this one doctor pay me $5,000 to set up um, a website and build out this funnel and stuff for him. And then I had uh, another company 
um, you know, pay me to do a website. And I really don't, I could do websites. I don't like doing websites, but we were, I really like helping people put together books. And I was coaching people on how to write a book. And then we would actually kind of do the books for them, have them go through, in which we can talk about that later too, because that's something a lot of people want to have a book done. Um, and so that's where some money was coming in, was just from that. But it wasn't even, you know, I had been making anywhere between, you know, eight and $10,000 a month. But the side business, I mean, it was bringing in 3000 here and, you know, maybe 4,000 and then back to 3,000 and 2,500. It was kind of just up and down, but this was only a six month period. By the time I actually launched the podcast till the time I quit, uh, we launched the beginning. It was 2015, uh, the beginning of May in October, I quit my job. So that's, you have May, June, July, August, September, October. Yeah. So about six, five or six months. And, um, it wasn't this immediate success after I remember, see, that was October. Um, we set the kids down and let them know, look, you know, that, you know, I'm quitting my job. Uh, we're doing Cairo candy full time. Christmas isn't going to be the same Christmas that it normally is. That's uh, right. Because my wife was a home health nurse. And so we still had, you know, money coming in from her. She loved her job and did pretty well. You know, so that was some stability that was still coming in too. But, uh, you know, we tell the kids, look, just be prepared. This isn't going to be the same Christmas because, you know, we were kind of accustomed to going all out, you know, for Christmas. And my oldest son was a senior that year. And I remember seeing the look on his face. It was almost like, okay, yeah, they're just trying to lower our expectations. So we're really surprised whenever Christmas rolls around. And then Christmas morning rolled around and I remember seeing the look on his face and it wasn't pouty. It wasn't, he didn't have a bad attitude about it at all, but as a dad, you can sense a little, a little disappointment. Like whenever they opened their gifts and he was like, oh, they were serious. And sometimes when I share this, I get emotional because it's, oh, it was tough for a few months but then january rolls around and february rolls around and then by april i had we were just about uh well i'd surpassed what i was bringing in a month you know from the other job fast forward a year my income had doubled over what it was uh and i mean now we our business generates over twice the revenue a month is what we both used to make combined for the year. Wow. Uh, so it, it's, I, Steve Harvey has that, he wrote a book called Jump. And I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen the video yep. he did. We're talking yep. about, you just have to jump. Yeah. Like you got to shoot. God's not going to fail you. It will eventually open, but you may scrape your knees on the way down. Well, that was, yeah. I scraped my knees a little bit on the way down. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden my parachute opened. Wow. And and took off and to look back and think, um, it was simple, but it wasn't easy. Does that make sense? Like the, the steps, I just had to keep doing this. Um, Andy Stanley has a book called the principle of the path. And he talks about how we, we all say we want to be here, but are we on the road that's going to lead to that? 
And he said, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, we're trying to get to Oz. Okay, all you have to do is stay on the yellow brick road. That's it. Don't get distracted. You Somebody else may get there faster. It's okay. The only place that you are going to go if you stay on this road is your destination. And so first off, we have to know what it is we really want. And then are we really on that road? Because some of us say we really want to be healthy, but we eat Oreos every day. Right. We're not even on that. We're not on that road. Right. We want to have a business, but we're not doing anything every day that's keeping us on that path. Yeah. And so it's knowing what it is you want, and you're going to figure it out. I mean, God has given us this ability to kind of autocorrect. That book, Psycho Cyber, uh, Psycho Cybernetics, is fantastic. It talks about how we're like a heat seeking missile and we can go. And then if we have the ability to autocorrect, to get back on path to make sure we're going to hit our target. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting what you bring up. So I, I'm curious. You, you, by the time the money got good, you had already had the confidence. I want you to speak to the person who finally had their first actual payday. And what do I mean is tell everybody what it was like the first time that $5,000 check came in. The first one, not the 30th one, not the hundredth one. The first the time point. you offered a service and somebody said, yeah, I'll pay for that. What I, I, was that moment like? I'll back up a little bit. I have a copy of a check. The first one was 1500 and I, and that wasn't even in the chiropractic space. That was a, uh, we had to bring, we had a GMC Acadia, we had to bring it in to get some work done and it was going to be a little bit more than what we were expecting and we had the money for it but i was like hey i have a marketing company and at the time i really didn't i just you know i knew how to do some marketing i was like would you want to work out like a trade and the guy's like yeah it was like 600 bucks it wasn't like even that expensive but he's like yeah no problem and so i did a little bit of marketing and so i did these promo videos for him and got him like seo stuff with youtube and did that for him. And then fast forward about six months. So we were even like, we, we called it even about six months later, his wife calls, she kind of ran the, the business and said, Hey, you did some stuff for us before we would like to hire you to do some more marketing for us. And, uh, and so I went up there and I was like, okay, you met with them and said, you know, well, what I charge is $1,500 for the first month. Then after that, it's only $500 a month. And this is what I'll do. And I mean, I, they, they were my first client, right? I'd given them some results basically for free. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, no problem. And so they wrote me a check for $1,500. And I remember taking that check home and I was like, it worked, you know, and that 15, that 1500 may as well have been 15,000. Like I, I, it was just so different me going out and actually killing what I'm eating instead of, you know, working from our regular job, and so that that gave me some confidence. Uh, but I didn't want to work with mechanics. I didn't. I didn't want that to be my niche. I, I wanted to work with chiropractors. Um, so then, fast forward, and then you know, I quote somebody five thousand dollars. It was twenty five hundred dollars up front, and twenty five hundred dollars in thirty days or whatever. And it was just like, man, I did it again. And once you do a few and 
so I talk about this in my blessed entrepreneur book. The second half of the book is literally five steps to launch, coming up with an idea for a business and then launching that business. Like these are the steps that you need to do and you can actually follow it and you can see that this is what companies do. You have to have some kind of, what problem are you going to solve? What's your product that you're going to use to solve it? What's your plan? But you need some proof. And so I always tell people, you've got to make sure this is going to work. And even if that means you providing the service for free, so you can get a case study, you can get a testimonial and, uh, or maybe they're paying the ad spend, you know, if you're doing some kind of agency or whatever, uh, or even if you're doing landscaping, okay, you need to do some for free to show people, this is what I can do. Uh, you don't necessarily do it for free every month for them, but you, you know what I'm saying? You need some kind of proof, but the proof does a couple of things. One, it allows you something to show other potential clients, but the proof also builds your confidence. This is no longer just an idea. When you get results, you're like, okay, I thought I could do this. I really can do this. So it builds your results too. And so I think that's what the money did also. I mean, yes, I was excited. It, it Every one of those checks at first that came in was just, I just couldn't wait to tell my wife, right? I wanted to celebrate and, uh, it, and it felt like such a big deal. Then, uh, our company, actually one of the clients we wrote a book for asked me about doing some Facebook ads. He had said he had been trying and was struggling with it. And I said, sure, let me give it a shot. Now this was 20, probably the very beginning of 2016. Um, so we start running some Facebook ads and I don't charge him anything. He had already paid me to help him do a book. Uh, I was like, you know what, Let, let's just give it a shot. I won't charge anything. Uh, and it worked. We had like 50 something leads come in that month. Well, he only needed a handful to come in. His case fees were around $3,000 a piece. Uh, he was specifically working with patients who had neuropathy. Um, uh, and he's like, this is incredible. Well, he starts referring people to us. And they start referring people to us. And now we're working with close to 400 chiropractors all over the U.S. and then in other countries, too. We have clients been doing this for several years in London. We have some in Canada. We've had some in Ecuador and Peru, just kind of all over. Um, but, you know, the scripture says that the steps of the righteous are order of the Lord. You know, it doesn't say the leaps. It doesn't say the the miles. It's It's the steps. So sometimes we don't know exactly what this business is going to turn out like until we start and you just take a little step, take a little step, take a little step. Yeah. And then it kind of starts to mold and, um, and take shape. Hey, Hey, I know you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to stop you really quickly and just ask you, did you know about the triangle of value that you provide in your corporate job today? Yes. Profession, practices, and principles, and all of those your company is leveraging. Why aren't you? I mean, actually building out your own side business. So let me show you what I'm talking about. So I built something called Side Hustle Secrets. The Side Hustle Secrets is your opportunity to be able to take the knowledge that you have in your head right now and actually learn how to build you a profitable side business. There's a ton of value of things that you're going to be able to get in here, but there's one thing that I wanted to be able to show you because I know that for many of you, you are like me. One day you woke up and realized, you know what? This job ain't enough. In fact, you realize that if something ever happened, 
I am going to be in trouble. And I learned a little too late. I had to go through two corporate layoffs going from almost $80,000 a year down to $9.13 work in retail because I never got it. Even though I had the title, I thought my job was secure. I never secured my own financial future. So I'm giving you the shot. Grab the link below. Go to growyoursidebusiness.com right now. Jump into the Side Hustle Secrets course. Let me show you how to take what's in your head and go build something with it. Back to the episode. Yeah. You, you know, it, it's interesting that you say that. Um, so listening to you, we have some similarities. One, uh, I, 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 uh, I helped when I was younger build one of the largest uh, churches here in North Carolina. Um, we have that background and I served in that church for many, many years. Um, I started my podcast in 2016. Um, so we, we have a lot of similarities there. I'm curious, Billy, when you think about the, the ups and the downs that you've experienced in building this business, your confidence was built first because you got the proof because somebody was right. willing to pay. What were some things that also you learned in some of the things that didn't go so well when, as you've been building this business, what, what areas were you more grateful for the failures because it taught you something that without those failures, you wouldn't have known? Great question. Um, I will say this, like there was a couple of our first Facebook clients uh, not like that one doctor got great results. And then I started, I, I reached out to my local chiropractor. I was like, look, we just, we ran ads for him. These are the results we got. And he's like, oh, great. Do it for us. Well, they didn't get the same results. Uh, they weren't doing neuropathy that they were doing straight chiropractic. And this is my chiropractor I'm going to all the time. Uh, and we went to church together. So it's like this relationship, but they're just not getting the same results. And that was like, uh, I mean, we did some campaigns that worked really, really re well. Like we did a review campaign. He got almost a hundred reviews and a bunch of referrals and like it, it made him money, but going after brand new patients just wasn't working that well for him. Um, and so he canceled and that was like, Oh, like this is a friend of mine and he's canceling. And it was just this rejection, but he actually still referred some people. It's like, he knew that, well, just because it didn't work for him, he knew it had worked for some other people. Uh, and so that was one of those things for me. It was like, okay, it doesn't always work for everybody. Some places are different. Uh, and then we started having some, uh, some issues where people were saying, hey, the quality of these people coming in, they just seem to be pretty low. They don't really, they're, they're not our ideal demographic or nobody's answering the phones now and all, all this. So we just would always back up and say, okay, how can we better deliver this service? What are the problems? How can we fix these problems? And we've done a great job developing a team. My team is fantastic. You know, I, I was talking about how much revenue we do in business. Now I only have to work four or five hours. I say four or five hours a week, but I could probably work four or five hours a month. Like there's a, my team does everything that we need done now. Um, but we realized, you know what, let's, these chiropractors are pretty passionate about their message. 
let's get them to do videos we can put out to their community to get them known. But Facebook and Instagram will let us build a retargeting audience. So people that are watching a percentage of these videos, you know, we're filling up a new pond of people who know these, know this doctor. And now let's show these people an offer. And so we would get them to do pretty consistent videos. And we actually wrote a book on that. We call that our, um, uh, well, the book is called uh, Tribe of Patients. I like but that. We call it Perfect Patient, Perfect Patient Tribe Turbine. And that's where nice. it's just a marketing strategy. It's like putting these videos out consistently and it builds their brand. And now when people respond to an offer, they, they already know, like, and trust these doctors. And it's dramatically increased the results. So it's like problems in your business can be good. We dominated during COVID. We had a lot of clients pause because they were freaking out. And they weren't getting new patients, right? Nobody, everybody was scared during COVID. I get it. We got COVID. I was in the hospital for a week. I mean, my O2 was dropping down in the seventies. Um, it's a real thing. Like I, I had it, I get it. But so for these doctors, what can we do? How can we help serve them during this time? Uh, so we came up with these, what's called reactivation campaigns where we would actually take their database of existing clients, shoot out a text message, you know, Hey, this is Dr. Chris, just letting you know, we are still open and you know, no, you haven't been in in a while, but if you want to come in, we're, this is the special we're doing or whatever. And so what happened is instead of focusing on new patients, we started going back to patients who just hasn't, hadn't been in in a while. And it kept their numbers up, kept their volume up. We were able to really help a lot of people because we just look to see where is the opportunity in this. Yeah. So problems are opportunities. You just, that's the thing. People make money by solving problems. Yeah. So when you have a problem in your business, either you solve it or you pay somebody else to help solve that problem. Yeah. Uh, but that's really what business is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I was, I, I tell people all the time, like, and it hit me as I was building my first side business. I mean, you know, there was a, and we'll talk about this. I really want to, uh, cause I, I posted a question out on social media a couple days ago and it's been interesting. Some of the responses, but I remember like looking around one day, I built my first business just like you. Uh, but I, we built it in direct sales, health and wellness company. And, um, I couldn't believe the money I was making outside of my day job. Like it was, it was, I, I was having an out of body experience mainly because my identity was in my corporation. That's, I put all of my identity there. Um, and, and, and I remember one day I'm getting off a plane and I just looked up like, I, it's like being able to look at something from a distance. And I just remember getting off the plane, I get in the Uber and I go, what did this, what problem did this plane just solve for me? Oh, the speed of getting from North Carolina to San Francisco. Got it. What problem does this Uber solve for me? Well, I don't want to have to rent a car and I just need to be able to get to my place. Cool. Well, somebody came to pick me up. What does this restaurant solve for me? Well, I'm hungry. So guess what? There's a restaurant with food there. What does this hotel solve for me? I need a place to sleep while I... And it was just like, I was like, wait a second. Every single thing is solving a problem. Everything. 
Doesn't matter what it is. Every single thing around me is solving a problem. And for those who are building a side business, you know, Billy, talk about the how simplistic it can be in that regard, right? Like some people are looking for like the next, you know, great thing. And it's like, no, you don't have to. You can literally solve simple problems, but if you do it your way, there. To, I love the, the title of the book, Your Tribe Will Eventually Show Up. Talk about that and, and, and that way we can help, you know, people who are building a side business not think they gotta be like, some unicorn alien coming down to earth to save everybody. Right. So this is going to make it so simple. So in my book, blessed entrepreneur, um, I, I talk about this where this, this is business in these three statements. If you want to make money, solve a problem. If you want to make good money, solve an expensive problem. If you want to make great money, solve an expensive problem for wealthy people. That's it. I'll say it again. If you want to make money, solve a problem. If you want to make good money, solve an expensive problem. If you want to make great money, solve an expensive problem for wealthy people. So the bigger the problem is that you solve, especially for a demographic that has money to do it. So for us, it's not that these chiropractors are wealthy. I'm solving a problem for a business. So a business typically has more money to spend. But a cardiologist, he solves a problem. It's an expensive problem and you've got to pay the money for him to solve that problem. But that's why they do really well, right? It's a very specialized problem that they solve. Uh, but that right there is a simple way to look at business. What is it that you can solve? And you don't have to reinvent anything. Apple didn't create an MP3 player. They just made it better with an iPod. They didn't create cell phones. They just made it better with an iPhone. You don't have to, you can just take something and make it better that serves a specific demographic and your demographic doesn't even have to be huge. But I love that the internet has made the world smaller. It is so much easier for you to reach whatever demographic you wanna reach right now than ever before. You've never had the opportunity to get your message in front of, of the world. I mean, there's almost 5 billion people on the internet. Billion with a B, 5 billion. There's like 8 billion people alive right now. Out of those 5 billion, how many do you need to serve to totally transform your life? A couple of hundred? I promise you, you can pick something to go out and serve a couple of hundred people that will totally transform yeah. your life and your future. Yeah. You know, you, and you bring up a really great point because, um, some people get sidetracked off the, 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 the yellow brick road because, well, nobody around me supported my business, Billy. So it sounds great, Billy, but, Nobody around me supported my business and I, and I tried, right? And to your point, it, it's the world. You're not, you don't have to just market to where you live. You can learn to put your message and what you do to the world. And if you have a problem that you are charging $12,000 for, just serve 
a hundred people, that could totally be the difference in somebody's financial future. Solve it for another 500 people a year. That's a real big difference. I love the fact that you mentioned you don't need a lot of people to, to dramatically change your life. But outside of the financial side, Billy, how have you grown as a, as a man building a business? What, what, what have you learned about yourself in this maturation process of the business growing? I love what Jim Rohn used to say that, you know, his, um, I think it was Earl Scholl for whatever the guy's name was, like his mentor told him, you need to set a goal to become a millionaire, not because of the money, but because of who you have to become to make that, to earn ah. that. And uh, I shared a video and I talk about this in the book too, that whenever I was working for the sales company, whenever I was still in sale or the coin company, while I was still in sales before I was a manager, I was making around 70,000 a year and I wanted to make a hundred. And um, so I write down this goal setting thing, right? Like I want that and you know, a new truck or whatever. I wrote down some other goals and uh, it was like, God came down, like the Holy spirit put his arm around me. He's like, okay, let's talk about this hundred thousand. And growing up in the church, there's this mindset that oh, money's bad. Right. And I was like, all right, God, I don't want to be greedy. You know, if my cap is, uh, if my cap is 70, if my cap's 50, whatever, I would rather be poor in your will than wealthy out of your, your will, you know? And then I just felt the Holy Spirit say, well, look, you've got this, your goal to make a year. What if you set that your goal to give away a year? And I've always been a big giver. Well, I've always been a giver. When we didn't have a lot, I couldn't give a lot. But percentage wise, you know, I, I've wait a second. That is a perspective. Hey, you're enjoying this episode, right? Well, there's something I wanted to share with you. Have you ever heard of the triangle of value? Well, it's something that I actually teach in my Side Hustle Secrets course. See, you actually have a profession, you have practices, and you live by a set of principles. That is your triangle of value. Well, within that triangle of value, you are so valuable in the marketplace that what you know in your head, somebody else is willing to pay you in order to be able to get that information so that they can do the same thing that you're doing. But you didn't know that until now. Well, I've created something just for you. I got a course called the Side Hustle Secrets course. If you go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, you can go ahead and get into my course. I teach you how to use that triangle of value and actually be able to create you a great online profitable business. But here's the cool part. Along with that, I show you my core four strategies and how to be able to take that triangle of value and turn it into four different streams that you can be able to leverage to be able to build you a great side business and reduce the financial stress. Because listen, I know you're enjoying your job. I know you've done all the work that you needed to, to get where you are today. But I also know this between layoffs, firings, and downsizings, it's bound to happen. It happened to me twice. I don't want it to happen to you. Or at least if it does, you have something to fall back on and you don't have to hurt you and your family. I know you got a lot of information in your head and I know you could scale it. And I know there's somebody else out there who is happy willing to pay you to get that information. Well, let me show you how to do it. Go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, get the course, and let's work together to build out and build you what you need for you to have a great side business. Let's get back to the episode. Now, right. that's different. What if you made it your goal to give away a year? Wow. And that totally transformed my level of thinking because here I am trying to think if I could just earn a hundred thousand dollars a year. And, and it's like, wait, God is challenging me 
to give away a hundred thousand dollars a year. And he's like, Hey, I'm looking for people that will commit to that. Well, so now the question is, who do I have to become to serve enough people to earn enough, to be able to give that much away? Uh, one of my coaching clients has an agency and she's doing around $15,000 a month revenue. And, uh, she was sharing with me that she has this mental block. It's like she starts doing much any better than that. And she just doesn't feel worthy. And she kind of self-sabotages and she'll go back down to 10 or 15. You know, she'll get up to 20 and then go back down. <clears throat> and that is very, very common because we have this issue that we're, our friends and family are going to judge us if we start doing too well. And so what I told her is, the reason this is an issue for you is because you were making the money about yourself. Stop. Don't, don't count your money. Like it is you're keeping score. Focus on how many businesses you can serve. How many people out there right now need what it is that you do. And she's like, well, there's a bunch of them. Okay. Focus on serving as many of those as possible. If you were making a difference in their life, in their community, they're helping their, you know, their clients, all of this success is your success is a byproduct of how much you're serving your clients. So take, take your eyes off yourself, totally focus on reaching the people that need you that are laying in bed at night right now, wondering how they're going to keep their businesses open and you have the answer. And if you don't share it with them, you're being pretty selfish. They need you go out and serve those people, go find those people. And she was like, that's, I've never thought of it like that. You know? And so it, it is, if you, my heart has become so much more about serving. So we went from a time on our business when we had, I'll say around like 20 grand a month coming in to probably around 80 to a hundred. It's like, us, as far as me and my wife, my family, our income didn't change, right? Because we were growing the business. We had to hire more staff and, and all of our team lives here in Texas. They all work from home, but they're, they're spread out. They're W-2 employees. We do retirement plan. We do insurance. Like it's, it's a good gig for them. They make their own hours. Uh, and I, I told my wife one day, I was like, you know what? I know our income really has been pretty steady. It's almost like we made a little bit more when we had less clients, but think of the opportunity we've given to our staff yeah. to be able to work from home. And a yeah. lot of our staff is involved in different types of ministry. Um, our pa senior pastor works for us. He's in his mid thirties. He handles a handful of accounts and he does sales for our company. He loves it because he works a couple of days a week. It's good income for him. And uh, he jokes because he likes nice shoes. And he goes, I have no issue wearing Jordans and feeling judged, you know, being on the platform on a Sunday because people know I have another job, right? Uh, you seen that website, Preachers and Sneakers? He's like, I don't want to end up on there, you know? Um, but we have people that are in youth ministry that work for us and, and just do all this other kinds of stuff. Um, but I was telling my wife, even if our income never changed, like we're, we'd be okay. Think of all the offices that we're helping, 
all the patients. I mean, we'll have offices send us these testimonials. Hey, this patient was going to have back surgery and she doesn't have to now. Like, I mean, we're, there are over a hundred thousand people a month that walk through the doors of a chiropractic office because of what we do. I mean, we are serving on a really big level. So even if we didn't make any more, I would still want to continue to grow because we're still serving more and more people. Yeah. Uh, and then there just came a time where all of a sudden our income, like it, it you know, it went up and then it plateaued for a couple of years and then it started, you know, increasing again. So, um, but yeah, my heart is so much more, I, I think whenever you do start your business, we're, we're all selfish. Right? Yeah. We all want nice things, but when you can change that to how much value can I create yeah. to serve? Like I want people to say, gosh, my life is better because of Billy, right? Mm -hmm. Billy's in my, what he does, what he says, it just makes me a better person. I, I, I want to add value. Um, Jim Rohn talks about that too. It's like, if you can become 10 times more valuable, you bring that increases your value as a dad, you know, as a husband, mm. as a friend, as a, in all these things. So, um, but yeah, you, you can't, I, I preached a message at our church a few months ago and it was based on the, you have to be before you do before you can have. Mm -hmm. But you also have to think first. And I shared a story about my daughter playing volleyball. She was in seventh grade. She signed up for this camp and it was more, wasn't necessarily like a camp. They placed her on a team and for two weeks, they had like this tournament. She had never played before. And they put her on a team with eighth graders and she felt so inadequate because these other girls had a year up on her. Right. And, uh, we had this talk. I was like, baby, None of these girls were born with a volleyball, right? They didn't know how to receive, how to serve, how to set, you know, how to attack. Like they didn't know any of this stuff. They had to learn it so you can learn it. Uh, and so what happened is she stuck with it, right? We got her private lessons. We, we put her in these different club programs. Uh, and then she played pretty much all through high school, which was captain of, the, of her volleyball team for several years what happened is she became a volleyball player and so many of us in life get out and we try to play volleyball, right? We try business one time and it doesn't work. And we quit. We say, well, that just didn't work for us. Well, you haven't become that person yet. You haven't received enough balls to learn how, you know, to receive and to learn how to set. You haven't done the drills. You haven't, become that person that can do the thing that can have the success. And so a lot about business is kind of what you were saying is you have to become a certain person. Yeah. That can have those results. Yeah. Hey, Hey, I know you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to stop you really quickly and just ask you, did you know about the triangle of value that you provide in your corporate job today? Yes. Profession, practices and principles and all of those your company is leveraging. Why aren't you? I mean, actually building out your own side business. So let me show you what I'm talking about. So I built something called Side Hustle Secrets. 
The side hustle secrets is your opportunity to be able to take the knowledge that you have in your head right now and actually learn how to build you a profitable side business. There's a ton of value of things that you're going to be able to get in here, but there's one thing that I wanted to be able to show you because I know that for many of you, you are like me. One day you woke up and realized, you know what? This job ain't enough. In fact, you realize that if something ever happened, I am going to be in trouble. And I learned a little too late. I had to go through two corporate layoffs going from almost $80,000 a year down to $9.13 work in retail because I never got it. Even though I had the title, I thought my job was secure. I never secured my own financial future. So I'm giving you the shot. Grab the link below. Go to growyoursidebusiness.com right now. Jump into the Side Hustle Secrets course. Let me show you how to take what's in your head and go build something with it. Back to the episode. And most you know, of us quit before we become. It, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And so <clears throat> I, I've been asking everybody this question because it's really been something that's been on my heart lately. Um, because I feel like the, the best people who stick in it long enough to see the results are people that are chasing something as opposed to being chased. And here's what I mean in life. When you're climbing the corporate ladder, you got the job, you get the title, right? A lot of my listeners are, you know, they're mid to upper tier in their career and they feel like, you know, they robbed, but they're feeling that itch, right? Or they're growing their side business already. And they're just trying to learn the, you know, the next steps. And some of them are saying, man, it hasn't grown yet. You know, and it's, it's not there yet. You know, Billy, tell everybody right now, what is the thing that you're working on that actually scares you, but you're chasing it, even though it's like big and scary? Hey, so I've never shared this story, but I almost died from an asthma attack in my sleep. Yeah, that was a pretty scary day. And when that day happened, we have one or two choices. Either we continue down the same path that got us those results, or we do something different. Well, thankfully, my wife and I chose to do something different. We made some simple changes in our lives, and I didn't realize that the same things that I was buying from a local grocery store were also contributing to me almost dying from an asthma attack in my sleep. I don't want you or anybody you know to go down the same path. Listen, we're embarking on a journey. We've been a part of a project to ensure that we help 10,000 families be able to get safer, more affordable products without all the toxic chemicals. Buying it all online shipped directly to you so you don't have to go to it. Listen, if you want to know more, click the link below 10,000 families. And I can't wait to show you what we've been working on to help more people in the United States, make safer, affordable choices. That's pretty good. Um, we've done a great job building a business that runs, building a business, not a job, right? So it was a job for a little bit and I was able to think a certain way and put people you know, in positions to where I don't have to work, work at it anymore. And uh, I, we're in the process this year of launching an agency coaching business uh, that's going to teach. I mean, there are tens of thousands of agencies out there, people that may do marketing for just a handful of people that are real small or people that are wanting to start a business. Uh, and this is going to be an agency coaching program that um, will teach you how to go out and get your first clients, how to service those clients, how to keep those clients how to duplicate it, and then how to work yourself out of a job, right? How to grow it to where you're not the one doing all the stuff, 
where you can actually grow a business, not, not a glorified job. Uh, and then also taking people who already have, I know several people that I'm friends with that have successful agencies, but they're still in fulfillment that they're, they haven't been able to do what I've been able to do and get out of it. Um, but I've got some people that I'm partnering with that have really, really big audiences. And, um, and at first I kind of didn't feel qualified. Like we were talking about, Hey, what if we, you put together a program teaching people how to do what you've done? And I was like, yeah, but I don't do anything. Like, yeah, that's the point. People want to be able to have a job where they don't have to do anything anymore. You know, how did you get here? How did you, like you, you know, you know how to do all this. And uh, we have really, really big expectations for this. We know there's a huge market. Uh, our heart is really to go after kingdom entrepreneurs, uh, ideally, because I believe the purpose of wealth is ministry. Uh, I'm not asking other people to believe that, but I would love to be able to help the church and help Christians change their mindset. And this is one type of business that you can go out and start, but then you can help grow the kingdom, right? The more money that you have, the more you can give, the more lives can be impacted. And let's, you know, fill up heaven. You know, that's, that's my goal. It's a big goal. We, we have some pretty, pretty lofty plans and ideas with it. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot bigger than, than the business that I have now. Man. Wow. That's, that, that's pretty cool. Especially given knowing your core of like what you're ultimately after. Now, when you think about what's scary about that and you think about like the, the work that you already see before you, right? There's there's things that you see before yourself. I know for me, um, one of the changes that I had to make mentally was being okay with big numbers. That was That's always been one of my struggles. I, I've always yep. struggled with like, the larger the number got, I would get skittish. It's just, <laughs> I, would, I would get skittish. Even to this day, I still get like some, uh, you know, a little... Little, little nervousness uh, about big numbers. Talk to our audience about the the joy that you see personally, because it sounds like you have a real joy behind helping other people get it, behind seeing them operate and grow on their own. Wh where did that come from? Especially given the fact that you didn't grow up with this. You didn't, your, your, your path clearly wasn't on that path when you started and it's highly unlikely for you to end up where you are today without God, without some direction, without some grit. Talk to our audience about why you, 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 you pushed through the things that you did to end up where you are because our audience is everybody's dealing with something, right? They're dealing with the, the, the scare of a layoff. <clears throat> They're dealing yeah. with the, what I like to call the golden handcuffs of corporate America. Some people are, are dealing yeah. with the, 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 the time in which their children are of the age. Right. And they're like, yeah, but I, my, my kids are this age and I don't want to do this. And I'm afraid of this. Some of them are afraid of rejection, right? There's everybody's kind of got their thing. What was it for Billy that just said, I, 
I have to keep going because you didn't know you'd be where you are today. There, there's no, no evidence to even know that. Yeah, you're right. So my, I would hear these stories about my great grandfather. He died two weeks before I was born Whoa. and he was real involved in their church. Like their, uh, it was this Baptist church and the, the rec center behind the church was named after him, the AO sticker GM or whatever it was. And I would just hear all these great stories and I think, wow, what if I wish he would have written a book like just on how he thought. And he wasn't a real wealthy man. He did okay, but he was just, I, I just hear these great stories. I hear some bad stories about him too. Right. Cause there's, there, there's always two sides to the ledger. Um, but then it got me thinking, I, what can I do to leave a legacy? What can, I want to write a book. I want to do something that where if something happens to me, my grandkids can go back and say, you know, Hey, this is what my grandpa name is dubs. Like for William, the W just dubs. And we do have grandkids now. Um, you know, what's, what made dubs different? And so all of my journals and stuff, when I write something down, when I'm at Myron's event or when I'm anywhere, the filter I use when I write stuff down is one day my grandkids are going to read this. I want them to know how I thought. Uh, and then it became a challenge of, I want to build a business without a college degree to prove to my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids that it's possible that you can do it. I remember um, recently having a conversation with our 16 year old and the power ball was up to whatever, some huge amount. And he made a comment about, Hey, we should go get some tickets. And I was like, no, I don't want to win. And he's like, what do you mean you don't want to win? I said, if even with the success that we've had now, if I win the lottery, people would look at us and they would just kind of say, well, of course they have that house and they do this, all this stuff because they won the lottery. No we did this stuff because we figured out a problem to solve and solved it for a lot of people. And you can do the same thing, right? I, I don't want anybody. I want my life to be motivation for other people to go out and serve big and live their dreams and build their dreams. And I think if I won the lottery that that could muddy the waters a little bit. Yeah, And yeah, it was yeah. neat for my son to say, I get it. I get it. I mean, cause that would, that, that would be, yeah. you know, my family history. I want them to go back yeah. and say right here, this is the one who changed it all. Yeah. Yeah. That's right? good. And what's great is, so my oldest son's 24. He got married at 19 and his wife, their family's from El Salvador and her parents and us, we set the kids down. They were 18. wanted to get married. We're like, no, <laughs> slow down. No. But they they did anyway. She right. finished her bachelor's in three and a half years. He finished wow. his in four. They built a house while they were still in college. Wow. Uh, they now have, so they help run Cairo Candy. Uh, and they they do really well. Like they're basically our COOs. And, um, or he's like wow. the COO of the company. He's brilliant. But he started... A side hustle. He's got this. He works from home. He works kind of part-time yeah. uh, because we've got such a great team. 
But so we have Cairo Candy. He started Church Candy. He was youth pastor at our church and was running ads for our church on Facebook. The same ads we do for chiropractors, he started running them for churches. Wow. And our church doubled throughout COVID. Oh and my goodness. People started asking, people started reaching out to our pastor, like, what are you doing? It's like, well, we've got this, you know, our youth pastors running ads for us. Uh, and so people started reaching out to Brady. Hey, can you, can you run some ads for us? They started 2022. Uh, so a year ago, they had seven church clients. They just ended the year with 70 church clients on retainer. What? They work, they work with a lot of church plants. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with ARC. ARC is an organization. Yep, I'm familiar with ARC. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So ARC now partnered with Church Candy, and I have no like it's my son that owns oh it. Oh my goodness. ARC partnered with Church Candy, and now they're paying for like six months. That may not be exactly right, but they're paying these churches uh or Brady services to get these churches launched. Oh my uh, goodness. They had the average church so Arc's real big about you want to launch. If you're going to launch in the fall, it's like one of the weekends in September. Right, right. Uh, if you're going to do it in the winter, like one of the week. This past weekend was a big. They had several churches launch. The average church had over 250 people there for their very first Sunday, and it was because of Church Candy. Wow, like because of what they're doing. They hit. He posted the other day saying he was talking about these churches coming up, uh, and they already had 1,168 families. This was like a group of churches scheduled to be there for their grand opening. He's making a huge impact in the kingdom. And wow. it's funny because he's like, dad, this is our side hustle. Like we, we, we're not, we're just stacking this money. It's just sitting in the bank Wow. because they're living off what they get from Cairo candy. Yeah. So going back to being the one that kind of changed everything. I'm already seeing it in him. And then now my daughter, she just got married and they're starting to work with, uh, well, I won't even say the niche, a different niche. They work for us, yeah. but they're starting a side business doing marketing for a different niche right now too. Yeah. Uh, That's got to feel good as a dad. It does. It's like, yeah. let me tell you when we were 24, <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were not in the same position they were in. Right. Right. You know, you know, this goes back to the the, the, the question of the day. Uh, we're doing an audio series right now. Uh, on our audio experience of the podcast, we're having 31 reasons to grow your side business. So every day I'm dropping an episode. In today's episode, I talked about uh, the cost of ignorance. There's a great quote that says, um, uh, ignorance costs you more than education. Talk to me about why ignorance to, in your mind is so expensive and why some people literally, uh, what I've, what I've found is why is it that some people will go their entire lives choosing to remain ignorant, whether it's about diversity, whether it's about uh, new information, whether it's about, you know, AI, whether it's about building a business, like why do you think that it's easier to choose the ignorance in which, by the way, we can be fed. We can be fed ignorance. We can be, we can be taught to stay ignorant. But talk to me about why you. What, what's the real danger in choosing to stay ignorant? 
I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on it. Sure. So knowledge is everywhere, right? You can literally reach in your pocket, pull out your phone and answer any question. Uh, it's, it, it's incredible to think that we're, this is the age we live in. So knowledge is abundant, but the difference between knowledge and wisdom is application. You, if you were not applying what it is, you know, then the, the Bible says you're a four letter F word. They actually, the Bible says you're a fool. If you know what you need to be doing and you're not doing it. And so wisdom is actually taking action on, on the knowledge. And sometimes that can even be taking action to go find the knowledge that you know you need, right? If I am, okay, my son has a Durango, my 16 year old has a Dodge Durango, it's 2018 RT, it's a sweet little car uh, or truck, whatever you would call it. Fog lights are out. I can change fog lights, right? So we got out there yesterday to change the fog lights. We look, well, actually now, nowadays you've got to turn the wheel. It's not like reaching under the hood. You got to turn the wheels just right. You got to take that insider, you know, the, uh, like fender wells, you got to take all this stuff off and we didn't have the right tools. So of course we go to YouTube, right? Because we're going to get the education that we need to do the thing that we need to do. Uh, and then it became apparent. We don't have the equipment. We don't have the tools. I'm just going to go up. We made an appointment. We're taking it to the shop. We're just going to pay for somebody to do it before we mess something up. Uh, but the education's out there. So sometimes you know what it is you don't know. And you just have to take the action to go out and get that education because the longer you wait, look, a year is going to go by whether you want it to or not, you can't stop it. You can either be working on that education. That's going to get you. I'm not saying like college degree, but learning the skills that you need, you can either be working on that for your side hustle or not. Time's going to go by either way. But going back to the principle of the path, if you're really wanting to get to that place, you have to start doing the things that are going to get you there. And so that's where the wisdom comes in, you know, in going out, finding that information, and then not just learning about it, but actually applying it and doing something with it. Hey, you're enjoying this episode, right? Well, there's something I wanted to share with you. Have you ever heard of the triangle of value? Well, it's something that I actually teach in my Side Hustle Secrets course. See, you actually have a profession, you have practices, and you live by a set of principles. That is your triangle of value. Well, within that triangle of value, you are so valuable in the marketplace that what you know in your head, somebody else is willing to pay you in order to be able to get that information so that they can do the same thing that you're doing. But you didn't know that until now. Well, I've created something just for you. I got a course called the Side Hustle Secrets course. If you go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, you can go ahead and get into my course. I teach you how to use that triangle of value and actually be able to create you a great online profitable business. But here's the cool part. Along with that, I show you my core four strategies and how to be able to take that triangle of value and turn it into four different streams that you can be able to leverage to be able to build you a great side business and reduce the financial stress. Because listen, I know you're enjoying your job. I know you've done all the work that you needed to, to get where you are today. But I also know this between layoffs, 
firings and downsizings. It's bound to happen. It happened to me twice. I don't want it to happen to you. Or at least if it does, you have something to fall back on and you don't have to hurt you and your family. I know you got a lot of information in your head and I know you could scale it. And I know there's somebody else out there who is happy, willing to pay you to get that information. Well, let me show you how to do it. Go to thesidehustlesecrets.com, get the course, and let's work together to build out and build you what you need for you to have a great side business. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let's let's talk about um, this candy you created in this marketing firm and 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 the agency. Um, when you think about, you know, uh, building this business, how did you like because it's a unique entry point, right? Like, OK, mm-hmm. chiropractic, chiropractic, chiropractic. Cool. Right. Um Obviously, some principles resonate with you uh, because they obviously 100% align with God's word. But talk to me about like, why did you see the entry point also being helping these folks write a book? And also seeing that there was this, there's this area of which they, you know, I know I'm good at my job as a chiropractor, but. I don't know how to translate what I do to the market so that they actually want to come service me. Talk to me about that world and how you found your, your space in that. Well, basically it's, you can take any industry and if you can just look and see where the pain points are for that business, how can you solve those? So chiropractors are very passionate about what they do. You're not going to see very many chiropractors that smoke. Right. Mm. My medical doctor was in his thirties and smokes. Right. And you would think he's a, you're an MD. What are you doing? But it's, it's a little bit different mindset. It's, they're so about wellness. They're very passionate about their message. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, why don't you write a book to get your message out? So, um, you and I talked about this the other day, USA today, years ago, had this study that said 82% of Americans want to write a book. Yeah. And I told you, no, they don't. They want to have written a book. <laughs> Nobody wants to sit down and write it, right? They want to have a book done. And so we we just realized, hey, I bet I can write a book. I can do one pretty quick. I can do it pretty inexpensively. I bet you that some chiropractors would like us to help them write books. And so we just tested it. Hey, you know, anybody want to write a book? Yeah. You know, well, but how much time is it going to take? Well, actually, you and I can sit down come up with an outline and then my team will do it all. Like it'll be your content, but we'll do the writing and editing and cover design and we'll get it on Amazon. Like we'll do all that. Okay, let's do it. Right. And, and so that, that's just kind of how it started. Uh, the same thing with the marketing. It's like uh, somebody approached us. That was a need that they, they had. I just knew that I'm good at marketing. I'm good at it. That's how I think. So, Here's a profession that I'm passionate about. How can I serve them? Like what, what in this profession can I do? So it it's really comes down to us helping them get their message out, whether that's through book, yeah. whether it's through TikTok or, or, you know, Instagram or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we help them efficiently and effectively deliver their message. So it's just finding a niche that you're passionate about. Where are the pain points that you can step in and help solve and build a business around it? Yeah. Let's talk about your book. Um, yep. This book that you wrote obviously is is more than just a passion project. It's 
it's you putting out there the way you think, um, what your experience has been building a business. It's also the opportunity uh, to, to, to show what you're really good at, to deliver some value that's tangible. Out of all the people you've been helping to write a book, you said, I, I need to write one. What was what's what's unique in this book and what's something maybe you could share with our audience um, that 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 you put in this book that you're just hoping people really understand uh, about sure. being uh, being blessed and being in business. So the book is divided up into two sections and it's an easy read. You could read the whole thing probably in an hour and a half. Um, the first half of the book is really about this mindset and I think the church has done a great job teaching us how to give, but not how to earn. And the first time gold is ever mentioned in the Bible, it's not, you know, I used to think money was amoral, right? It's not good or bad. It's just, it's just a tool. Well, actually I got convicted about that because if you go in scripture and look, you know, God said there's gold in the garden and the gold is good. Like it's good. It's a tool that can be used for good. It could be used for evil also, right? But it's not the money that's bad. It's the greed. It's your heart. So we can do much more good with money than we can without. So the first half is really overcoming this mindset and looking to see why it's okay for you to be blessed, especially for you to go out and be and bless others, right? The more you serve people, which we've already talked about in this episode. Uh, and then the second half is five steps that can take you from an idea to testing that idea, to scaling that idea, um, you know, and turning it into a real business, not just a job, but an actual business. It's five steps. Uh, and, and I've seen this work in businesses time and time and time again. So it's very, very practical. Um, the people that read it, I've really gotten some just tremendous feedback on it. So it's definitely a passion project. Hey, I, I would be fine if I sold my companies and I just went and spoke about this book for the rest of my life, just to give people permission to go out and prosper, to serve other people. So, and it's the blessed entrepreneur. I, I think it's just such a, an, a creative way of looking at things. And can we be honest? Let's be honest, Billy. It's counterculture to what we typically talk about in church. Let's just be, let's just call a spade a spade. Absolutely. It, it yeah. is, it is absolutely different than what, what traditionally gets talked about. And I like that because I think one of the most important journeys that I noticed, even in the word of God that the disciples had with Jesus is just the way I look at it was he caused them to question along the journey with him. He would always ask questions. Mm -hmm. And those questions led them to have to challenge themselves and go, hmm, I didn't see it like that, right? Like, And I think that one of the most important journeys I've been on in building a business is having to question some of my hardcore beliefs that I've held on to. That, by the way, I didn't create, somebody gave them to me. And the right. person that gave them to me, they were they were really good-hearted people, but it wasn't going to serve me in the journey that I was going to be on long-term. 
And, and I've had to unwind and unlearn a lot of hardcore held beliefs that I was given about money, about business, uh, about relation, about a lot of things. And so I love the fact that you wrote a book and I like what you said to give somebody permission to at least be open to the fact that you can, you can serve the kingdom and you can do all the things you want to do. But boy, if you have the money to back it up, it makes your life so much more easier and free flowing. You know, I, I think about how, you know, one of the big differences I see is, you know, there, there are people who have creative ideas. There are people who think, oh, this would be great for the church or for my church, or I would love to do this, you know, for this group of people. Uh, but if they had the money to, as many, the moment they thought of it, they could actually go actualize it. It totally changes the game. So I really appreciate you writing this book. Yeah. Thank you. You know, something else too, is if we look at the story in Kings where the widow woman goes to Elijah and she's like, eh, what do I do? They're going to come take my kids and, you know, into slavery because my husband died and we owe this money and we're not going to get too deep into the story, but he makes this, you know, what do you have? You know, I don't have anything. I've got some oil. So God always uses something that he's already put in you, right? You already have something that he's wanting to use. He's wanting to multiply. Uh, but if you go down to the end of the story, she has all the oil. He's like, look, go sell it, right? It's okay to sell stuff. People out there need it. Go sell it for a profit, pay your debts, be responsible. And then you and your sons live on the rest. And I remember hearing a, a preacher talk about this one day and you know, you ever sit in church and one message is going on, but the Holy Spirit's telling you nothing contradictory, but it's like, Reminding you of some other stuff. You hearing like, it differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, God was showing, showing me it is okay to have nice things as long as you're being responsible with the first half, right? Paying your tithes, your offerings, you're paying all your debts, right? The problem is just people that go out and have nice things and they're in debt because they're trying to act like they're somebody, they're not that person yet. Right. But when you, you do these things first, and then you and your boys go and live on the rest. And uh, and so we have a nice house. I told you we're putting in a really nice pool that has a swim up bar and a kitchen. And like, it's, I'm so excited about this pool. And we used to be in ministry and we have a bigger impact for the kingdom right now because of our business, because yeah. of the churches we support, multiple churches, yeah. missionaries that we support the, I mean, feet on the ground in at deep in the bush in Africa, bringing tribal transformation, like not just bringing the gospel, but digging water wells and setting up farms and teaching them how to raise chickens and like actually thrive. Uh, and we get to have a huge impact in that. And I got to tell you, I have no desire to go out there and do what these <laughs> friends of ours do. Yeah, You know, they're like, well, look, now they'll cook a goat and you eat on it for a couple of days. It sits out <laughs> under this tree. And I was like, no, you eat on it for a couple of days. How much do you need? <laughs> right. There you go. Be blessed, right. man. Y'all go do it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, um, you know, I, I love that we can serve on such a big level and then we can live on the rest. Hey, hey, I know you're enjoying this episode, but I wanted to stop you really quickly and just ask you, did you know about the triangle of value that you provide in your corporate job today? 
Yes, profession, practices, and principles. And all of those your company is leveraging. Why aren't you? I mean, actually building out your own side business. Let me show you what I'm talking about. So I built something called Side Hustle Secrets. The Side Hustle Secrets is your opportunity to be able to take the knowledge that you have in your head right now and actually learn how to build you a profitable side business. There's a ton of value of things that you're gonna be able to get in here, but there's one thing that I wanted to be able to show you because I know that for many of you, you are like me. One day you woke up and realized, you know what, this job ain't enough. In fact, you realize that if something ever happened, I am going to be in trouble and I learned a little too late. I had to go through two corporate layoffs going from almost $80,000 a year down to $9.13 work in retail because I never got it. Even though I had the title, I thought my job was secure, I never secured my own financial future. So I'm giving you the shot. Grab the link below, go to growyoursidebusiness.com right now, jump into the Side Hustle Secrets course. Let me show you how to take what's in your head and go build something with it. Back to the episode. I think that's an amazing story. So Billy, tell everybody how they can find you. Um, and if, if you don't mind, just lastly, leave everybody with, with the word of wisdom for the, for the person who's listening to this. Um, you know, they're at work right now. They're in the middle of the job. They're on the way to work. They're probably leaving work and they're growing that side business. But, you know, the, just leave them with a word of encouragement from from your experience or from what you've built and, and where you are. And you're not done. There's going to be 10 more things. We'll probably come back here five years from now and see some of the new stuff that you're doing. But you know, tell everybody where to find you. And then, you know, last words are, are, are totally on you. Sure. Um, I, I'm actually most active on Facebook. We have a group called the blessed entrepreneur. All you guys are totally welcome in there. I do a lot of free content. Uh, I actually do a life group. We lead a life group at our church called blessed entrepreneur. Uh, and we're getting ready to start that in all of the episode. Like we put all the content in the group. So, um, you can find me there. Uh, I do a lot of reels and stuff on Instagram and TikTok, uh, the same type content, but I'm probably most active on Facebook. Uh, and I'm going to end you, we'll wrap up with something that I said earlier. If you want to make money, solve a problem. If you want to make good money, solve a problem, an expensive problem. If you want to make great money, solve an expensive problem for wealthy people. I think that right there, you print it hanging up on your wall, that should be able to guide you to build a pretty successful business. Absolutely. Well, man, listen, Billy, thank you for, um, for what you're doing. As I always say, thank you for your contribution to the marketplace. Um, it is seriously important because it not only provides hope, but it provides a tangible demonstration of what it looks like to be a truly blessed entrepreneur. And to be able to walk in that unashamed and, yep. and to know that you've helped so many people, countless lives. First of all, you're already doing what I would consider is, is, is God's work. You, you, you got your kids in business and they're rocking and rolling and living their best life. So I listen by my standards, you got it, you, you got it, you got it moving. Right. And, you know, um, I'm just appreciative that we met and that, you know, if there's anything I can ever do to, to, to help you and your community 
as we continue to provide value to people. I'm, I'm always here and I'm always open. So listen, for those of you who are watching this in the Side Business Builders Group, it's been another great interview. What questions do you have? Post them down in the group. Billy's a part of this group as well. So he'll answer your questions. He'll help you understand, uh, you know, um, the things that you, you have questions about. And more importantly, as you know, inside of this group, you're going to always get the exclusive interviews, the conversations that we're always going to have. And more importantly, for those of you listening on our audio experience, thank you so much for listening. Share this episode. Let someone know that you care about them, not just by, hey, I care about you text, but text them this episode and say, hey, you need to listen to this. This is something that's going to help you. I know you've been building your business. Here's somebody else. Here's more confirmation that you're moving into the right direction. Let's show each other support. Leave us also a review on the Grow Your Side Business podcast. We're trying to get to a thousand reviews across all of our social media platforms. We'd love to be able to get your review, how you're enjoying the show, what you're learning. That allows other people just like you to be able to find these episodes and more. And continue to listen to the 31 Reasons that you can grow your side business. It is an exclusive episodic series right now on every single platform, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And guess what? We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast. And I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I wanna be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast, just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show.